first. Our Lord Jesus speaking. Do not fear those who oppose you, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light, and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before people, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Where's Mike? Hayes. Yeah, back there. He's standing. He's ready to run. I, uh, before I begin the sermon, um, last week after the congregational meeting and for the last oh, five or six weeks, I've had a kind of a steady stream of people asking about Barb and I, uh, Barb and me, and our welfare should a new pastor come. And I just want to lay this to rest because, again, today I had a couple people uh, come up to me and say, oh, what will happen to you? <laughs> We're fine. <laughs> and we will be fine because um, being a transitional pastor is a little like being in the military in that there are always places to go and work to be done. And there are indeed in, in the Pacific region of the CLB a number of congregations who need transition work being done. And so we appreciate very much, every time I hear this question, um, I, I hear and sense the love and care and concern, and Barb and I are very grateful for that, but folks, we're fine, we're doing great. This is the plan. And as God allows, the plan will be seen through here, and uh, then we will move on to another place, place albeit uh, with a great deal of sadness at leaving here because this is just a wonderful place to be. But thank you, thank you. So, waiting. Waiting can be hard, especially when you're excited about something that might happen, but with no guarantees. When you don't know for sure, there is always a little bit of fear mixed with hope, sometimes quite a bit of fear. And fear has this way of taking us to dark places where our minds can fixate on all kinds of negative potentials, outcomes that might not even happen but consume us all the same as we get paralyzed by thoughts of things that don't really exist. Such is the curse of a mind that is blessed with the ability of, are you ready for it? 
prognostication. That's a funny word, isn't it? Prognostication. It means to have the ability to look at things as they currently are and surmise what will be. It is a God-given ability that serves us well if we use it with humility. But therein lies the rub. Using prognostication with humility. More on this in just a moment. Barb and I have a friend named Adriana. Adriana is like a little sister to us, actually because of, well, Barb's age. She's more like a daughter. You didn't catch that. She went, ooh. (laughs) Now, we love Adriana very much. She's this cute little thing, stands about that high, cute as a button. But she has this heart that is absolutely huge for people who find themselves in tough situations. A little over five months ago, our little sister moved from rural Canada to Bethlehem, Palestine, where she now lives in a land of military occupation and the loss of human freedom. She is there to help a people caught in a tough situation. Those of you who are going with Barb and I to Israel in um, just about two and a half months will actually meet uh, Adriana if she is still there. Um, She's having to leave and then come back as people that are foreigners in in foreign countries often have to do for visa purposes. It's been interesting to talk with Adriana over the past few months as she's immersed herself more and more in a culture that is radically different than our own. Her language has become peppered with words that are part of the Arab world. One of these words is inshallah. Let's say it together, inshallah. You really wanted to say it right, it'd be insha'Allah, but we're Americans. In Arabic, the term means as Allah or God allows. We would say God willing. Now, inshallah is normally tacked on to the end of a sentence where, where people talk about doing something in the future. It's a term used by both Christians and Muslims. For example, where we might say, tomorrow I'm going to the movies, a Palestinian Christian or Muslim would add, inshallah, meaning God allowing. Tomorrow I might sleep late, inshallah, God willing. Next year I plan to go to college, inshallah, as God permits. You see, in that culture, there is embedded this recognition that none of us own tomorrow. Today we have things to do, but tomorrow belongs to God, and we do not know what waits. So when they talk about tomorrow, they usually express their plans with the recognition that in the end, Whatever it is they're planning, it all depends on God. They are humble about their plans for the future because God alone knows what waits.
Herein lies a fundamental difference between us and them when it comes to prognostication and how living in the future often gets us. For we do have this ability to look at trends, to look at patterns, to look at the numerous things that make up our life and, and assemble all of these various parts in our imagination and then treat what's in our imagination as if it is real. Again, this is a God-given gift and we are wise to use it, but not use it as if what happens in our head in regard to the future has no bearing at all on what God might want or on what God might have to say about whatever it is we're investing in in our imaginations. You follow? Again, we do not own tomorrow. None of us. And it shows a profound lack of humility to talk about tomorrow or even to think about tomorrow without including God in the dialogue. Humility. A word that means to remember your actual place in the bigger scheme of things. To remember what you know or don't really know. To remember what you do or do not actually own, what you actually control in this life. And when we forget that the things we conceive of in our minds, in our hearts, good or bad, apart from God, and we portray them as if they are actually something we control, or worse, something that controls us, our imagination can bite us like snakes, especially when those imaginations go dark. Satan knows this. He knows that our imaginations are fertile ground for all kinds of dark thinking, for all kinds of fears about tomorrow. How many of you would confess that you often are consumed about things that might happen in the future that are bad? He plays on this fixation that we are prone to have to treat what happens in our minds as if they are indeed real. And when this happens, everything gets distorted and we fight dragons that do not exist. When we go to places that are dark in our minds and entertain them as if they are real. This is why God tells us to not borrow woes from the future. Let's read what's on the screen together. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Can you say amen? For when we we do this when we borrow from tomorrow as if tomorrow is already real in the way that we're entertaining it in our mind. When we do this, what is usually missing is the inshallah, the question of what God will will, 
or say about the dark thing we are wrestling with or even the good things we are entertaining that do not, entertain or do not include God in the plans or grant him the ultimate say in what will be, which is always wrong. James, the brother of our Lord, addresses this issue in the fourth chapter of his book when he writes, Come now, you who say, Well, tomorrow or today we're going to go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. He says, What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a while, a little while, and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, inshallah, we will live and do this or that. Being humble about the future. Now, you might wonder, why do I bring this up today? Well, here's why. I have been with you now for over a year and a half. My job from the start was to help the leaders of this congregation look at Maple Park with fresh eyes. As a transitional pastor, my work is to ensure that ministry continues even while this congregation redirects itself in preparation for a new long-term pastor. Transitional ministry is one of resetting congregations as much as possible so they are ready to embrace a new shepherd who will come with new ways of doing things, who will lead you to new pastures, who will help you, God willing, to pursue new ministries that may not have been the focus of the congregation in recent years but are critical to the future health of the congregation and essential for growth to take place and to be maintained. This is the nature and the challenge of transition, to rediscover who we are apart from what has been and in preparation for what will be. Inshallah. Now, none of this is to say that what has been was wrong. No. All churches go through seasons where some things get emphasized and other things do not. Even the healthiest of churches go through periods of growth and decline as the Holy Spirit allows. From the beginning, I have maintained and still maintain that Maple Park is a very healthy congregation, that it has been blessed with excellent pastors who were faithful, dedicated, and more than capable, without exception. But change inevitably comes when even the best of pastors move on, because when they move on, they take with them their personal vision, their personal tone, their personal emphases, which was the focus of their ministry as the Holy Spirit led them. And it is the work of the transition to navigate the congregation 
to the place where they can see what has been, what was good, and potentially what was missing that now needs to come to the fore. Again, not as a critique of what was done in the past, but in awareness that all pastors conduct their ministries with focus, leading their flock to this place or that place, but sometimes not to that place or this place, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Everything happens according to seasons in the church as God allows. Can you say the word? Inshallah. You are now poised to get a new pastor. Inshallah. And this pastor will lead you to pastures where you have never been. Inshallah. When he comes, change will continue. Inshallah. He will feed you. He will nourish you. He will challenge you. And yes, he might even disappoint you or even rile you up now and then. As his view of things may be different from your own, as he strives to lead you according to his sense of God's leading as the called and ordained shepherd of this flock. Inshallah. Change continues and will continue for a good number of years at Maple Park as God continues to be in your midst and as God continues to call you to continued ministry in this place under the leadership of your new pastor and the elders. It is all good and according to the will of our Lord. Amen? But until that pastor comes, there is still work to be done in this place. In the coming weeks, we are going to be talking about a number of ministries that are missing here at Maple Park, ministries whose time has come to be at the focus of what this congregation needs to be about in the coming months. Ministries that the elders have identified as essential to closing the back door through which inactive and occasionally unhappy members leave. Ministries that are needed to widen the front door so we can attract and retain visitors who come to this place and better incorporate the numbers of people who currently come to Maple Park but do not feel plugged in or fully a part of the congregation, even though some of them have been going here for years. So you know, during the interview process with Pastor Adam and in several conversations with him since, he was made aware of the direction that the elders have been leading this congregation in the the past year and a half, and he shared his enthusiasm about the direction we were going. He felt he could build on it. So there will be continuity even as there will be more change. And as we all know, change 
can be hard. Even at times, it can be scary. So, I had a drum. Drum roll, please. Thank you. Here's the heads up. We're not done yet. We are not done yet. Change will continue even after the new pastor arrives. In the meantime, our word from the Lord is this. Let's say it together as a confession of faith. Do not be afraid. There is literally nothing that we can face that catches our Lord by surprise. He is on our side. While we may not know what tomorrow will bring, God does, and he is already there. As Jesus reminds us in today's gospel, God watches, God knows, God cares. In regard to the work of the church, Jesus said, do not be afraid of those who oppose you, for nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the, the dark, say in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. And even the hairs of your head are all numbered. So fear not. You are more valuable than many sparrows. Folks, God is on our side. Hallelujah. And in just a moment, we will celebrate once again his inviting us to his table where he means to remind us once again of the depth of his love and of his commitment to rescuing every one of us. As we face the future, let us not prognosticate dark things, but light. Let us not dwell on potentials of things that might go wrong, but of good, always remembering who it is who guides our path. Every green leaf in the springtime represents enormous change from the sleepy cold of winter. Rain is always followed by sunshine. God's love, grace, and mercy always abounds. Do not let the evil one tempt your minds or your tongues to entertain or to spread fear about what might go wrong. Rather, focus on the Lord's promise that in him new life always comes, even from the darkest death. Remember the resurrection. It is the calling card of our Lord who says, I have overcome 
and I am by your side. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you that we do not have to be afraid of the future or of anything right now, for that matter. Help us always to remember that with you by our side, we are not defenseless, and the things we face do not have the final say. Even if bad should come our way, we are not alone, for you have promised to be with us through the trial. With you by our side, we can indeed be more than conquerors. Help us, Lord, not to entertain thoughts that frighten or to have tongues that spread destructive fear. Instead, help us to be agents of hope and light to everyone we meet. For you are light, and we are your servants, commanded by you to point people to their Savior. In your name we pray. Amen.